She's the founder and CEO of Pants, a pioneer brand in improving the health of women and the planet. She has been truly a trailblazer in the feminine care space establishing a scalable, purpose-led and community-centric brand. You're looking at purpose beyond products. And I think that you have to really engage with people as a brand, as if you're a person. Um, and they have to trust you and they have to be open to communicating with you. As a lot of brands have a fear around criticism or a fear around feedback. Uh, objective is never to protect the brand. Our objective is to protect the community. Because there's a lot of brands that they started a long time ago, but they didn't value the power of the community, not because they dismissed them, it's just because the way we used to do marketing was different. Hi everyone, I'm Mara Genovese, founder and president of Imaging Power. Imaging Power is a fully integrated marketing powerhouse, and this is our Influencer Marketing Uncover podcast. Welcome to another episode, and thank you so much for listening. As a woman and as an entrepreneur, I couldn't be happier and excited to receive, or better, to have our very special guest today, someone that I admired so much for everything that she's been doing and building with her brand. So I have today with me Emily Well, and I hope I've said her surname correctly. Uh, Emily is a dear one, as I said, which I really, really admire. She's the founder and CEO of Pants, a pioneer brand in improving the health of women and the planet through sustainable menstrual maternity and incontinence underwear. Beyond providing products of the most relevance, Emily and Pence are opening this very important conversation around women's well-being and educating consumer and the society. And today I have the pleasure of having Paula Albuquerque, our global head of influencer marketing, as my co-host. Finally, finally, wow. about time, to right? To marketing over <laughs> podcast. I'm so excited to be here with you both. Obviously, two entrepreneurs, female entrepreneurs that I admire so much. And needless to say that Emily doesn't need any intros, right? She has been truly a trailblazer in the feminine care space, establishing a scalable, purpose-led and community-centric brand. So we are very excited to be unrevealing some of your best advice in respect to just building brands for the future and just obviously looking at purpose beyond products. So very excited to be here. Welcome, Em. Thank you so much for taking the time. No, thank you guys for having me. It's such a pleasure to, to be with you all today. Amazing. And where are you in the world, Emily? Because I know you're traveling a lot. So tell, tell us where... Between the US and Europe and, and Sao Paulo mostly. But today in Sao Paulo, uh, we're based here as well. And we do all of our production in Brazil. So very proud to be bringing the best of Brazilian lingerie to the world. Yeah, I, I can say to you that I'm very proud too, as being a Brazilian, to see someone like you being the best of Brazil up to the world. It makes me very, very happy. And uh, today I know is a very special day for you because you're just launching pants in a new territory in Europe, in Netherlands. 
So congrats for that. And I know now in Europe you're expanding. So you have Paris, uh, sorry, France, UK, Germany, and now Netherlands. That's right. That's correct. And then we started in 2020, you know, during the pandemic, we saw a lot of growth in the e-commerce sector. And that's when we launched our global e-commerce site. Um, but as in Brazil and Latin America, we've been fortunate to be a very diversified brand from a channel standpoint. Um, you know, a lot of brands in our space or even, um, Paula, as you mentioned, like the brands for the next generation or brands of the future are very e-commerce focused. And I do think that the digital foundation is critical for new and innovative brands, but we have our own physical stores as well. We have a lot of wholesale partners. We have a lot of brand partners like Farm and Johnson & Johnson, which we have lines with them. And in Europe, we've been fortunate to partner with a lot of respected retailers like Selfridges in London, Galeries Lafayette, we launched in September. Um, and now we're expanding into 27 stores with them in October. And today we launched with the Divide Corp in Rotterdam and Amsterdam. So it's been a, a busy few months, but uh, we're really thankful for all the traction and growth that we've seen uh, with these new challenges. Well, that's amazing, Emily, and, and well done. And, and so good to see like how quickly you are, you know, scaling up the brand. And then most of all, like the interest of the market around the brand you have developed and, and built. So as we're talking about scaling and like bringing pants to the world, I'm very interested um, to understand what do you think was actually the, you know, the hook that got into engage with, you know, international markets, because I wanted you to talk before you maybe respond to the question, a little bit of the story of pants, right? How, how did you come with the idea of pants, right? Cause I've, I've known the story a little bit, but I love to hear You're more. To hear yes. And also like the story of pants and the product itself, how that engaged to the, to the international marketplace. And, uh, and then we're going to talk a little bit about community because I know community is something that is very embedded uh, to pants. But yes, tell us a little bit of the story because it's, um, there's a purpose behind pants, right? How you started. And, uh, and I wonder if that's, that's you know, the, the meaning behind the brand and what you're trying to educate the consumers is what is actually bringing to the interest of the international market. Yeah, well, I think, you know, we launched Panties five years ago in 2017, and my background is actually in the healthcare space. So I spent about 15 years working for pharmaceutical companies and different sectors in, in healthcare, both in the U.S. and Europe and Latin America. And um, when I moved to Brazil, I moved with Novartis, uh, an international uh, pharma company, and um, really fell in love with the market. I think that it's there's so few places in the world where you see end-to-end -end production of a number of different industries. So beauty is one of those, fashion is another one of those where you can see everything from raw materials to fibers to fabrics and elastics to actual cut and sew. Um, you know, nowadays, I think everybody is pretty familiar with a lot of products that are made in Asia, for example. So it's nice to when you're looking at innovating in an industry, it's really nice to be close to, to your suppliers. 
And so Duda, my co-founder, she had and her family had experience in lingerie manufacturing. Um, and I started working on a project um, actually outside of the U.S. focused on the healthcare space. And I started mentioning to people, have you guys heard about this menstrual underwear? You know, when we launched, there were other brands, obviously, that already existed. Um, but most of those brands were focused on just avoiding leaks. Um, if you look at most of the European market or U.S. market, for example, their tampon markets those products would be used together in combination with cups or tampons to avoid leaks. Um, but a lot of markets like Latin America, like most of Asia, um, you know, even Italy, Spain, Portugal, you see more pad-based markets. And so we had kind of an aha moment where we were like, this is such a huge opportunity um, to bring a better quality of life for women because it's so much more comfortable. And on the other side, actually replace disposable menstrual products. And so there's this huge shift from, you know, single use or disposable to the reuse movement. And um, it's estimated that up to a trillion pads and tampons are disposed uh, every year in the world. And those take up to 500 years to decompose because they're mostly made of plastic um, and have other types of toxic you know, chemicals as well uh, in the products. And so when you look at women's health, I mean, there's just such a huge opportunity. And then also on the environmental side, there's such a huge opportunity to drive value. And I think that um, we really, founded ourselves based on that innovation, both for our health and the planet's health. And, you know, now after going through two years or almost three years of a pandemic, a global pandemic, I think there's never been a time that people have recognized how important and how connected our health is with the health of the planet and our environment. Um, and we've really seen that that you know, purpose or that intention um, is something that for the next generation is so obvious. When we look at the Generation Z, for example, um, they don't even think twice. They're looking at tampons and saying, what's what, but what's in that exactly? Like, I'm not just gonna put something in my body because my mom used it. And that's a totally different mindset um, because for you know more than a hundred years, there hasn't been a lot of radical change in terms of feminine care op options for women. So now that we have more options, um, we really, you know, we're seeing that it's driving a huge transformation, both in terms of the environmental side, but also how women relate to their own bodies. Um, and that they see that, for example, menstrual fluid isn't something that's dirty. It's not like a trash or a waste. And I think that even that psychological association is really powerful. Um, and they feel more connected with their bodies. And so at the end of the day, even though we kind of came at it with this sustainability and environmental side, we see that that's actually the true value that we're bringing to our community is this kind of redefinition of what their menstrual cycle is and how it affects their life. Because now it doesn't have to be such a different time. You know, they just put on a pair of underwear and they go like it's any other day. And it's like you mentioned community, right? Which is something that, you know, Pence knows how to do best, right? So how to engage community that was a community was a always has been your one to go strategy when you start you know developing the brand because like i can see from your socials like how engaged your community is with your content and uh and how interested they are on learning more about you know like about pent and you know like as you mentioned about gen zers especially right so they like they don't like they go they wanted to understand deeply about what how we're doing this right how, what is the technology behind 
the product that you're selling? Is there any science technology behind it? So how are you using the community that you have built? I think how many followers Pence has now? Like over 500,000, right? It is a lot of, you know, it is a big fan base of community that you have. That was your, again, that was your strategy from day one. And how are you using your community to educate it about, not just about the product, but about the importance of the healthcare, about the importance of women to actually taking attention to their bodies? And how do you use your community to guide you on developing of a new products or, you know, developing, you know, new messagings? Because this is community something that Pence does it best. No, well, thank you. No, I think that when you build a brand in today's world, especially if it's in the digital channel, you have to be embedded in communities. And I think that you have to really engage with people as a brand, as if you're a person um, and they have to trust you and they have to be open to communicating with you as really as if you're a, an individual person that they trust and they love. And, and I think that that's how we've built a strong brand love as well um, over the past five years. You know, I would say that today, you know, we're the only clinically approved liner technology for menstruation in the world. Um, we're B Corp. We were the first brand globally to launch carbon labels. And none of those things would have happened if it wasn't for our community. Um, I always say that the communities ahead of us in every sense of evolution, you know, like as a brand, we can be innovating and we can, you know, be creating new content. We do a lot of education as well as a brand. So we have like a menstruation portal where we have articles signed by gynecologists. We have a financial independence portal where we talk about because our product also is um, more economical than single use products. Um, and so we focus a lot on education, which I think is something that really does engage a lot the community. Um, but it's the community that's always one step ahead of us. And I think as a brand recognizing that, that you're never going to be ahead of your community. You're always learning and we're always in that learning role from our community. So they're, they're the ones that are telling us what they like, what they don't like. They're the ones that are telling us, oh, this was great, but you could have done it this way. And I think that as a brand, um, a lot of brands have a fear around criticism or a fear around feedback where they, you know, even with your customer service team are trying to pr always protect the brand. And I would say that we're the complete opposite of that. Like our, our uh, objective is never to protect the brand. Our objective is to protect the community and to always be open and engage with them in a very real way. So for example, um, you know, we launched, uh, most of our biggest innovations have come from the community and we do a lot of co-creations with the community. So our nursing bra, which was the first absorbent leak-proof nursing bra in the world, um, was a suggestion from the community. Uh, somebody said, oh, I'm using your postpartum yeah. underwear and I love it and it's amazing, but I also would really like a, a nursing bra that's absorptive because I have to use these disposable pads and they're horrible and they're double the price of normal menstrual pads. Um, and so there's all these kind of hidden, you know, experiences that you're kind of like, oh, that does make a lot of sense. And so we say, oh, that's great. Do you want to help us with that? Do you want to be a part of that co-creation with us? And we've done that so many different times. Um, so do you bring them to a table of discussion or you do that co-creation virtually or, you know, you come, do you want to come with us and then you meet with them and then debrief with them and getting them part of the, the process? 
So it depends on the, the, the product that we're developing. For the nursing bra, we did that virtually, but for our the boxer that we launched for trans men who menstruate, we did that uh, collectively. So we had, and some of them was virtually, but and on calls all together where we sent samples and we said, okay, we want you to test. We want you to send feedback on what styles you like, what colors you like. Um, and so it, it started from the beginning to the end of the development process. We had a lot of feedback to um, about, you know, it's not just women who menstruate, there are people who identify as men as well who menstruate. And so we had to say, yes, you're right. And, you know, we'd love to learn more about that and how we can attend um, the needs of that community as well. And that was one of the first campaigns that we actually invited four of them who participated in the R&D with us to participate in the campaign. Usually we, we are very picky about campaigns and doing really beautiful, you know, highly branded content. <laughs> and I think that's part of the, the strength of our brand. Um, but this one, we said, you know, we really want to use real people because that's what this launch is about. It's about the community. It came from the community. Um, and it was just amazing. I mean, that was our highest engagement post and content that we've done to date. Um, and kind of spontaneously, we interviewed them to get feedback on, you know, so tell us about your relationship with menstruation. Tell us about your relationship in transitioning. How, how did you deal with that? And, you know, it was like by the end of that interview, everybody in the room was crying and, you know, it was just so impactful because, you know, a lot of them said, you know, nobody's ever asked me about that as a trans, nobody's ever opened that box before. I think that really stands out for me. The fact that you place authenticity and transparency as the key social currency of the brand, right? It's to actually bring audiences to build a brand with their communities, for communities. So that builds up an inherent value that is so difficult to actually break, right? It's a bond that is born with the brand. So in that process, what, how was the discoverability with your audiences? Um, I think what you've mentioned about making mistakes and being transparent about that, also offers audiences an opportunity to see that the brand is here for a true, a genuine impact, right? And they value that authenticity. So what have been your main pivotal points when discovering that process, that brand creation or product co-creation, if you will, with your communities? Yeah, I mean, I think that, um, you know, We've created a lot of systems as a company to identify people that, you know, make certain con comments or, um, you know, we see themes and as the brand evolves, we start to see things that start to emerge. It seems like kind of all at once, like there's a critical point and we say, okay, now this is a priority because we're really seeing a lot of, and it's great because it does give a lot of power to the community. Um, but I think for sure the, the nursing bra was a big tipping point because that was such a huge innovation. Um, and, you know, not a lot of people talk about those challenges with maternity. Our incontinence launch was also huge. I mean, we see, I actually, I got a message today from the customer service team of a woman in her 90s that sent like this adorable message about what a huge impact Panties made because now she can leave the house with underwear and she doesn't have to wear diapers and she feels like a woman again. And I mean, it's just like so amazing. And that those products we also developed in co-creation with the community um, and through our physical stores. We see a lot of 
people to come in and we say, oh, can we take your phone number? Can we take your email? And so it's really about creating processes. It doesn't have to be so complicated that, you know, you have to hire a research agency to find people. And I think that's one of the benefits of being a digital brand is that you have a lot of direct contact. And we do surveys with our community as well. And we ask people if they would be open to continue talking about um, certain themes again. And, and those are simple, you know, swipe up in Instagram story surveys um, about different topics. And so we, we try to be really open and always asking for feedback. Um, and, you know, I think that those were some of the more critical moments for us in helping really drive both innovation, which is amazing for the company, but also real impact um, for the business and for the community. Um, and I think, you know, just when I, we work with a lot of larger brands as well. And when you look at traditional industry, I think the approach is kind of different. The approach is let's do market research. Let's understand the size of the market. Let's, it's a very different approach in terms of a product innovation. But I think that when you have a community base, um, you have a lot more sense of actually what's going on. And if you have a digital base, then you can reach these people at almost no cost. <laughs> so, you know, for any, you know, company trying to sell stuff, that's one of the biggest challenges is finding your people. Well, if you already have your people, you might as well focus on really meeting the needs of your community. And so, for example, the trans box, or that's a perfect example of a, you know, maybe a large brand that has, you know, however many stores, they would say, oh, we would never do that because that's for less than 1% of the market maybe is focused on this. And to stock, you know, a thousand stores, it's going to cost me this, this much money. And but if we're focused on digital, you can actually create a high value for one percent of the market. And that's a huge that's a huge benefit that you've created for the market. You don't have to focus as much on, you know, is this something that is benefiting everyone? And I think that that's where there's a lot of really interesting for the you know, digitally based brands, a lot of innovation that's happening. It's a, it's a, you mentioned two things because you said engage engagement right and impact and this too are bringing the innovation to pants right because the way you're saying and how you're engaging with your community you're engaging with your community to create an impact and I think that is the the the, the most you know successful formula nowadays especially for digital brands right it's just like it's not just about the engagement but also the impact that you actually bring into the community that is engaging with your brand and how much innovation you can bring into it and i think that's brilliant that you're thinking about the impact as as a, as a, as, a, as a core of your business because you just don't want to create that engagement with your community you wanted to add it value right And the value is coming from the education. The value is coming from how diverse your brand is or and also like how you're adding that diversity in not just through content, but on creating products that are inclusive, which is... Uh, yeah, and also letting audiences tell their brand story and adding their own perspective, just telling that story from their own lenses as well. I feel like... There are so many brands that are talking about scalability and innovation, but are not looking at centric, key-centric niches, right? Key-centric subcultures. If you can make an impact in one person's life, that's already a lot, right? So I feel like you're doing that, just that and using social to connect with those sub-niches, right? Which is so important. And more, more than that, empowering communities to tell their story as well, to bring their own perspective 
on how this is revolutionizing their lives. So that becomes way more genuine, more authentic, and that ultimately connects, builds connections with people and it ultimately uh, sells, right? So I feel like this is why you, you we are seeing such a success behind yeah. behind paintings and it's literally the future for every brand that wants to succeed in a new era. Is there any, is there any, cause like this is uh, we're talking, I know we talk a lot about community, but like working within the industry of digital marketing for the past five years, we have been following how the industry has been shift, right? From like, if you think about like six years ago, how we used to engage social through influence and through community, we didn't know much at all. And so nowadays it is, we, we, we all know, like, again, like working with so many different brands from so many, many industry, every brand or every service, they wanted to know how do I engage with my community or how do I build a community? That is kind of the question that we have pretty much across the board with all our clients, because there's a lot of brands that they started a long time ago, but they didn't value the power of the community, not because they dismissed them. It's just because the way we used to do marketing was different, right? Yeah, so yes, exactly. So now everyone understand as a brand, or even like if not, if we if we wanted to just not talk just about brand, but talk about creators, right? So how do creators in how how creators engage more with their followers, with their community? Is when they bring their the raw of their personality, right? When they are very authentic to themselves, is how is when they start engaging more with their community and getting them to, to be part of their day-to-day -day life and engage with brands when they're promoting brands. Is there, is, on your view, is there any secret or any formula to build a community or to engage with a community? Or on your perspective, is something that's no secret? It's, it's, a, it's, a natural, it's a natural way of you know, engaging with a brand is engaging with a community because there's a lot of brands that are trying to do what you're doing right now. But if you force it, it's it's not going to come across as authentic and literally authenticity for me is the it's social everything. capital yeah. that keeps the bond between those genuine connections, right? It's, it's, it's exactly what's going to connect a brand with its consumers. Um, as influencers are leading those conversations with those communities, normally is what drives um, interest for, for a product or a brand. Because brand pens is doing that so well from the day one yeah. that, you know, it's always been your way to strategy. Like, let's start building this brand and let's make the community at the forefront of this brand. Yeah, I mean, I think that um, beyond authenticity, which is essential, um, and I think that the, especially the younger generation, they can kind of call BS very quickly if they see that a company is not communing, communicating in a way that's very transparent or a way that's not, you know, aligned with their values. I think they pick up on it very quickly. Um, but I do think that, you know, listening to criticism, like I mentioned, and looking for innovation and opportunities to drive value um, and not just in products, because I gave a lot of examples of products, but also things like, you know, our carbon label that we developed. We were the first um, lingerie brand in the world to create a carbon label, the first in uh, the fashion industry in Brazil. 
um, that was a request from our community too. And so it's just amazing that people ask questions and say, well, what about the life cycle of the product? And we're kind of like, you're right. Like we should have a way of communicating the life cycle of our product. But I think that beyond that, if you're looking at creators, like influencers, brands have a potential to help. You have to think about how you can help them. <laughs> so, you know, menstruation and women's health and our bodies are huge content areas for creators. And so I think you have to make, find that ways to authentically engage with creators in the market, but also make it easy for them to talk about your brand and talk about your products. Um, and I think we've always been very friendly and open to engaging with influencers in various markets. Um, and also we try to make that easy for them and, you know, sending them content, sending them products, sending them examples of work that we've done that they can talk about. And, you know, I think that that kind of opens some eyes and, and makes it easier for these, you know, thousands of creators in any market to then say, oh, actually, I would like to talk about menstrual cycles because I had allergies to tampons or pads my whole life. And this product actually created a meaningful impact for me. Um, and I think that that's where we've really seen, you know, not just in our consumer community, but also in our kind of influencer community, um, a lot of real traction is that we try to help them do their job as well <laughs> as a brand. I think that there's a lot of opportunity to do that. And it's not just about them helping panties, but also us helping them. And it's so true. I spoke in a conference two weeks ago, and that was one of the, the you know, the topics that I've, I've, I've discussed with, with the audience. It's just like how, how we should be shifting that mindset that only the influencers, creators are supporting brands because is a, is a twofold, right? So brands can also support influencers on how they can be more authentic or, you know, not just more authentic, but just find guiding the platform, them, find really, the right, right platform, the right yeah. content. Uh, so interesting that you, that you said that. And, and how like, because like, of course, like with pants, with the products, it's all about women's health and well-being and education. Uh, how are you translating all of that to the international market? Because you have established now the big presence in Brazil, and then I'm like pants. It is the number one brand to go when it comes to you know to 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 periods and and, and menstrual uh, life cycle. But how are you? How 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 this is all gonna convert? You know the message because behind pants there's such a huge purpose, right? There's such a strong, powerful message that you're trying to pass through the brand through the product how are you going to translate that to the international market and is that something that it's so far is being received as you expected on the interest of the well-being of women's health or there is any type of differentiation between different cultures and you know the way women see their you know their period and how do they deal with their body i'm very curious about like what are the differences that you're that you're finding across markets? You know, I think we see a lot of similar challenges. Um, you know, it's so funny. Even when we started, maybe three years ago, we started talking to a number of buyers in Europe, and um, a lot of these conversations take a lot of time. So we knew that. But one particular buyer in France looked at us and they said, "Oh, well, maybe in Brazil, people are so comfortable with their bodies." The menstruation isn't that taboo, but it's really taboo in France. 
<laughs> and I just started laughing because I said, you know, it's everybody thinks that their market is more taboo than all the other markets. Um, because especially if you look at fashion retailers, I mean, they're the last ones that want to talk about menstruation and women's health in a, this kind of an intimate way. Um, and so I would say that there's definitely both on the commercial side and the consumer side, these barriers around, you know, openly talking about it. And it, and it seems like communities and social media has been a really good platform for actually creating space uh, kind of a safe space to talk about these intimate subjects that maybe people didn't even feel comfortable talking with their friends about it. Um, but I think that one of the things that we consistently hear, um, because a lot of these buyers and, you know, people that now clients of ours have tested many brands as they consistently come back and say, not only do we have the best quality product, um, but the most functional product and saying like, you know, we've tested a lot of products and we definitely think that this is the best one. And, and because we have a wide variety, I mean, we can do, for example, our Johnson and Johnson product is focused on the pharmacy channel and it's a very accessible price point. Um, and so that's, you know, about $10 us more or less. And then we have products that are super high end, uh, for example, in partnership with farm, which is also, they've been really uh, also investing a lot in international expansion in the U S and London and Paris as well. And so, and those are really, you know, beautiful. And people say, Oh my gosh, I've never seen menstrual underwear. This is beautiful before. So I think being able to span both the side of the functionality and the technology, especially, um, you know, and then also having the beauty and fashion side, which, you know, Brazil has amazing production for um, lingerie. And then being the first and only clinically approved brand, I think that brings a lot of security to the partners that we work with because it is a new space. It's not regulated as a healthcare product. It's regulated as a fashion product. And that's, since my background is in the pharmaceutical space, that's like my number one focus is the health has, it has to be, you know, safe and effective. And, and we also did some quality of life studies as well. Um, but, you know, especially a product that's being used in the women's intimate areas where there's a lot of different, you know, a lot of times different treatments that, you know, any brand can use to help deliver functionality. You want to make sure that they're safe and they're not creating unintended side effects or consequences that, um, you know, maybe you wouldn't necessarily want next to your reproductive organs and, you know, all these other um, areas of the woman's intimate health. And how do you connect technology with sustainability? Cause it's like, this is, you're doing both, right? So you have the technology, but you also a sustainable, you know, brand. So the, how you connect the two when you have to educate your consumers, your community and the retailers that you're trying to, to sell the brand. You know, I would say that in general, because we have so many different things that we can communicate, we can communicate, you know, women's health and quality of life and comfort, which is a huge benefit, even kind of that self-awareness, like becoming closer to your body, the technology and actual the innovation of the product, the sustainability and avoiding menstrual waste. Um, and the truth is, is that sometimes some customers or people in the community will value all of those things. And sometimes they'll just value one of those things. Um, so for example, we have some, um, some of our earliest customers were like, you know, these low hanging fruit of early adopters that just love whatever's new and they'll buy whatever. So they're really focused on the innovation side. Um, some of our other early adopters were like vegans, people that already have adopted a very, sustainable lifestyle and they're really motivated to reevaluate 
what products they use and how they use them to have a more sustainable life. So I would say that we always talk across all of these themes, um, but it's not necessarily something that is easy for the consumer to, to integrate all into one. Um, Cause it's a lot of different, it's a lot of different things to, to talk it's, about. As it's a lot of different verticals, but I really, what stands out for me is the way that you're taking your consumer into the discovery process with the brand, right? For instance, you've touched on the subject of, of disclosing the carbon footprint on packaging, how much that as a standalone piece can do for communities, right? Can you imagine on the advertisement side, if we were to start disclosing the carbon footprint of every single product that is advertised through influencer content, perhaps in the future, consumers will look at the impact, right? On the environment, uh, as much as they look at price or color or any other product characteristics when, when, when consuming a, a product or, or a service, right? So I feel like the brand has been really revolutionizing not only the way that we look into our intimacy as, as females, but the way that we consume as well and the way that we look into our choices and the impact that those making to the environment and the planet. Especially the new generation that we're talking is the Gen Zers, like they're the ones that is looking to get into all details uh, of a product and brand before engage. And we could stay here forever talking, especially, you know, the three of us that we love to talk a lot. But one thing before we, we, we finish, we met, we kind of met by accident in South by Southwest uh, this year. And uh, one of the biggest topics across all the sessions at South by Southwest was Web3, right? Metaverse, NFT, that was just like every, every single day, incredible panels, incredible talks around that subject. How do you see the Web3? So like, what is your, like, really wanted to like, do you see your brand coming into this new era of the internet or you think is this too early? What is your, what is your, you know, what's your thoughts on, on Web3.0 and where do you think that's going to take us? Not just us, but consumers, community, influencers, how this will impact on the social media. No, absolutely. I mean, I think especially um, NFTs, we've seen such a big kind of boom this year with brands, um, seeing it as an opportunity to build community. And I think as a brand, obviously the metaverse is going to transform even e-commerce. Um, not yet, but I think that that's going to happen for sure in the next years. Um, but I think that in terms of building community, you know, NFTs have such a huge opportunity to almost let your community be co-owners. Um, and you know, we, I've seen some really interesting, innovative models of investing, even through NSTs. So if you see startups like Panties or you know other startups saying, okay, in order to instead of investing and you have shares, now you have a token, and that's part of the business and you're invested in the business and you can sell that token at a future, future date. Um, we haven't done that yet, but you never know. I cannot know. wait for Fancy's token. <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing. Can you imagine? And then like, when I look at like a virtual connection with community and like, yes, metaverse experience would be incredible to create the world of pants, right? And how to, in, like how to continue to educate uh, women about their well-being and how to, you know, 
looking at you know to their to their to their period as you know as something that it's it's natural it's uh, and it's fine that they don't need to be you know that that doesn't need to be a taboo as you said right um and am like yes this it's it's like i i am person as i said to you at the beginning i'm a big fan of the brand i am a consumer myself and I haven't, before meeting you, I never have tried before. And since, you know, I started using pants, it's been a life change in, in, in every aspect, not just because I feel that like being sustainable is one thing, but also how I'm dealing with my own body and how I'm reacting to it in a more natural way. Thank you so much for your time. And uh, we're looking forward to continue to see the evolution of pants across so many other markets. And again, we're a big fan and thank you so much. That was an amazing conversation. As Mara said, we could spend hours, hours and hours, but we only have a couple of minutes. I hope there's a follow-up session to discuss all of the rest. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you both so much. This was such a, a pleasure to share a little bit about PNTs and our work with the community and our work in innovation and technology and sustainability. And we're so inspired by the work of MG Empower as well. And I uh, look forward to maybe having a version two. <laughs> yes, for sure. And next time you are here in Europe, please come to see us. No, I want and... to see the new office. <laughs> yes, come to see the new office. Yes, indeed. So thank you so much for all the listeners that is here with us today. And if you don't follow us, please make sure you do on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, and YouTube. And thank you again for listening. Hope you have enjoyed our conversation. And I'm looking forward to see you all on our next episode. Thank you so much for being tuned with Influencer Marketing Cover Podcast. See you next time. Mm -hmm.